Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the week. It's doggy pond time. Hi there, I'm Stephen Peters. And I'm Dr. Rob. And welcome once again to The Doggy Pod, your weekly fix of everything you ever wanted to know or didn't realise you should know about your four-legged family friend. Now, in this episode, we're going to navigate the age-old question, the best dog for you, a purebred, a mongrel, a pet shop dog or a pet shelter dog? We're also going to talk microchips, dog headaches and our celebrity dogs are named Dali and Allegra. Ah yes, we'll tell you what they are in a little while and who owns them shortly because he's one of Australia's and the world's biggest stars. And our special guest on the Doggy Pod this week is former Olympic swimmer Nicole Livingston. She also just happens to be a massive dog lover and she's the proud parent of a couple of dogs and you'll find out just what they are shortly. But before we get into that, Rob, the clinic, what's been going on? What's been happening this week? Oh, well, did we cause a furor amongst the dental people of the uh, dog world? On one hand, I had the veterinary dentist saying to me, oh, you shouldn't tell people just to feed their dogs bones. That's not going to fix everything, which in truth, my dogs have really good teeth because they eat a raw brisket bone or lamb flap once a week. And in fact, all my clients' dogs over the years that have done that have their dogs have really good teeth on the other hand you have the other people saying no you can feed chicken bones they should feed bones every day well we said no to that because you get constipation chicken bones can cause paralysis and if i'm pulling a bone out of a dog that's been stuck or worse still penetrating through the intestines if i'm doing that in the clinic it'll either be a chicken bone or a cooked bone so no cooked bones no chicken bones and as far as both those extreme sides of uh, the world are saying 
Yes, you can feed bones every day. No, don't do that for your dog. It really, I get a lot of constipated dogs from dogs that do that. And those that say don't feed any dogs uh, bones because you can just go to the vet once a year and have uh, an anaesthetic on the dog's ultrasonic scale. Why put the dog through that trauma? Why put yourself through the expense when a raw bone once a week, once a fortnight, will do the trick? Perfect, perfect. Well, while we're talking about teeth, um, our quiz question in this episode is how many in a normal dog how many teeth do they have is it a 24 b 16 c 42 or d 32 i know i know no just just you'll have oh, to wait have to wait gosh. dr rob will uh <laughs> well you can give me the answer at the end of the show 24 16 42 or 32 okay one of the i guess the question you probably get asked the most rob for somebody who's thinking about getting a dog is what sort of dog not just what breed but what type of dog should they get a rescue dog should they go to the rspca should they get a purebred or should they just get a mongrel from the bloke up the end of the street who's been uh, breeding in his backyard i mean or a pet shop or do you go to a pet shop and get one of those cute little dogs in the window sure i'm sure there's i'm sure there's pros and cons for most of them or, or yeah. not? So the first thing I ask people is what really is going to be your commitment? Not the size of your yard, but how much time are you going to put into this dog? Because that's really important. That will determine what sort of dog you should get. Do you yeah. mean time to, to play with the dog or yep. just interact with it at All home? All of those things. A relationship with the dog. Are you going to do any obedience work with this dog? Are you going to uh, take this dog out each day for a walk and, you know, spend some time with it or you're just going to have it you know, every now and then out and in if you're not going to spend every day spending a little bit of time and you don't need hours and hours i'm talking about five ten minutes a day Stephen. that's all you have to do yeah five, five, five or ten minutes doing what doing a little bit of um interaction with the dog not just you know having it next to you while you watch tv though that's great i like to have them in the house with you but a little bit of obedience work, a little bit of teaching the dog socialization work. Don't have to do heavy obedience. I don't need the dog to go out there and you know, parade up and down the fence line guarding the place. I just want the dog to be a really good family dog. That's important. So if you're going to do that, then yeah, you can think about a rescue dog. Remember, the pros of rescue dogs, of course, are that you've got a dog that's probably an adult dog, an older dog so you don't go through all the puppy stages. Um, and you get a dog that's you're saving a dog's life because otherwise these dogs may have to be put to sleep. Though a lot of shelters now do have a no-kill situation. They won't put the dog to sleep unless it's suffering from some bad disease or has extremely bad temperament for some reason. So, uh, yeah, so they over, will just look after the dog until it yeah, dies Yeah, a naturally. lot of shelters will do that now. They won't put the dog down until it finds a, a forever home. And that's what you've got to decide. You're going to be a forever home if you want a dog like that. But remember, too, the problem with some rescue dogs is that they have been in a bad situation. So you may be um, acquiring a dog that has some sort of psychological or mental problem. You will have to spend time retraining it, re-socializing it, getting it used to it, maybe even going to a behavioral specialist to try and bring that dog back to a normal life and give it some normality great if you can do that uh, if you can't if you decide look no i want to start with a puppy then i would suggest seriously you go to a purebred uh, dog breeder and talk to them there's every um, state in australia and every place in the western world there'll be a 
kennel control or you know a pedigree registration board and they will tell you who the good breeders are now a good breeder will do a few things one they'll clear the parents of hereditary diseases it doesn't mean your pup will be cleared but they'll do the best they can to ensure it doesn't have a hereditary disease they'll give you a guarantee you know good breeders do give their puppy owners some sort of written guarantee that where they will give them some money back if something should go wrong as far as hereditary diseases are concerned. They'll also instruct you on where the best place is to go to maybe do obedience or train your dog or learn to groom your dog, all those things. A good breeder will walk the journey with you to get that dog properly socialised and into a great forever home. So it has its advantages. Plus, pedigree dogs, you get to know what sort of temperament you can expect because you can see meet the parents that's important <laughs> and of course um you know from that breed what the characteristics are i mean with uh, with a pedigree dog obviously we're talking a lot more expense to to buy the puppy what are some of the most expensive breeds of dogs of uh, pedigree dogs that you could look at getting well it's rather weird some of them you wouldn't even expect french bulldogs have become very expensive because they've become very popular and I heard one French bulldog uh, went recently in Australia, in Sydney, Australia, for $30,000. For a puppy. For a puppy. And uh, the person wanted that particular puppy and he paid for it. Generally speaking, a, p- a pedigree dog in Australia goes for somewhere between $2,000 and $5,000, depending on the breeds. Uh, German Shepherd, for example, around about 2500 maybe $3,000. Um a Portuguese water dog, usually around about 2500 2, And remember, Portuguese water dog, we mentioned in our first episode, that's the dog that the Obamas have because it doesn't shed coat. A poodle, a standard poodle, around about $3,000. See, that's a big difference to, you know, a $500 outlay for a, a dog from a shelter or Absolutely. the RSPCA. Yes, and yeah, shelters and RSPCA, as I said, they save dogs' lives a much uh, bigger outlay with the pedigree dog, but but you hopefully are getting something you know what you know you know what you're getting. I'm not saying don't get a rescue dog. I'm, you know I have them in my backyard mm. as well, but just be prepared to spend time uh, and getting to know the dog. A lot of the shelters now will let you take the dog home and see if it fits your lifestyle too. What about? Um the dogs you see in pet shops, those cute yeah. little puppies that look at us through the I'm sorry, through I the front window of a pet shop. Can't support it, can't support it, because very often people walk by and say, oh, oh, yes, I'm going to go buy that puppy. It's an impulse purchase without thinking about it. You know, they don't think, oh, gosh, you know, I really want to get a particular breed of pup. A lot of those are just an impulse buy, and after 6 to 12 months, those dogs are not in a, a great situation because the person thinks oh really i've got to go on holidays what am i going to do with the dog uh, oh gosh I didn't think about the vet fees and i have to feed it every day i have to go and pick up its droppings every day it's poo in the backyard i don't like impulse buying like that i really don't so i do like these pet shops that don't sell pets there's plenty of them they give great advice they can guide you to where you can go to buy a pet or to acquire a rescue dog they'll talk to you about the food that your dog should have the brushes the kennels everything except for the pet itself for me pet shops can survive quite well with that you know people say but hang on pet shops should sell pets no for me that's not necessary plus 
Some of the pet shops, those pets have a pretty dreadful time while they're in the pet shop. Not all pet shops are the same. They're not all, and some of them are fantastic. Yeah, some some of the pet shops I've seen these days that they have lifted their game compared to what they used to be in the past, but there's still a lot of scragglers. So for me, I'm not supportive of dogs and cats in pet shops. So sometimes we see on the news those horror pictures or reports of doggy farms. Yep. Um, usually out in the bush somewhere where they um, just keep breeding and breeding and breeding. I assume most of those puppies would end up in pet shops? Well, pet shops and the other places on the internet. You know, if you answer some of these ads and they have these fantastic-looking websites and they say, oh, no, you don't have to come here, we'll meet you somewhere. That's one of those puppy mills. Please don't buy from those. Don't support those because those puppies are suffering. You know, the females are bred every season. Could you imagine being bred every six months? They have to have pups. And it destroys the, the mother. And all they're interested in is turning over. Some of these places make hundreds of thousands of dollars every year out of breeding dogs. I have wow. no problems with them making money from breeding dogs. I have problems with the condition they keep these dogs in. Mm, I'm with you. I'm with you. So let's say that we've, we've got our puppy. We've gone down the puppy route. What age... Uh, should you have your puppy dissexed? Oh, yeah. Well, this and, is... and do you absolutely have to get your dog dissexed? No, you don't have to have your dog dissexed, for starters. I mean, you will pay, in most countries now, you pay more for registration if they're not dissexed, unless you are a registered breeder. Um, however, there's a couple of things. Remember, you're, if you've got a female dog, she's going to want to get out and get mated when she's in season. If you have a small dog they'll start cycling around about six months of age. In season means they are ready to, to, to breed. They start cycling and get ready to breed around six to nine months of age. Big dogs, nine up to even 18 months of age before that happens. They're going to want to get out. Males are going to want to get in, so you're going to have problems. If you have good fencing and you're a responsible person, truth is I prefer to let them have just one cycle because they develop you know the, the vagina and the vulva of a female dog when it's not had a season are very immature they're infantile as they should be they're infants if they don't have that cycle it doesn't mature and they can end up with a lot of dermatitis early urinary incontinence and the other problems they can have so i tell responsible people let them have one cycle male dogs um, i like to let them mature again bones have to mature with hormones so i like to let them mature to about 9 to 12 months and then have them do sex. Unless, in, in either male or female, they're showing some problems of temperament, you know, over-aggressive dogs or a, you know, high, highly sexual behaviour in a male dog, then it's time to get him do sex if he's very young. So if a female dog in season, mm -hmm. if that's the right way to say that's it, it, drives the male dogs crazy. Oh, yeah. Now, is that just the scent? What? Yeah, all the smell. I mean, the, a dog will be, he could be uh, quite a long distance away, but he'll pick up the scent in the wind, the male dog, and he'll want to go there and find her. And, and she'll get to a point where she'll want to get out and find a, a mate, of course, because that's what it's all about. And it's important then to a, have good fencing, make sure a male dog can't get in, and ensure that your male dog can't get out as well. If he's desexed, that drive isn't there. There's, that urge is not there with a D6 male dog. 
Okay, our celebrity dogs this week are owned by none other than Hugh Jackman. Oh, what a great entertainer, eh? What, what an absolute great entertainer. He's got a couple of dogs. He's got a French bulldog yeah, uh, named Dali, who he bought back in 2010. And he's got a cute poodle terrier mix named Allegra. Hmm. Now, French bulldogs, you, you talked about them before as being yeah. you know up there with the most expensive breeds you can buy. And one of the most popular breeds at the moment, yeah. Why is that, do you think? Yes, everybody um, seems to... Lots of different reasons. One reason, believe it or not, is because they resemble human babies. People say, what? My baby hasn't got a squashed-in face like that. And, and ears that and stick ears, up on top of its head. They have got the cutest ears, French bulldogs. It's all, they're called hooded ears you know, they, and bat ears because they sort of, yes. they're curved and they, instead of being pointy at the top, they're round at the top like bat's ears. And so it's pretty cute to look at. The eyes are you know, big and bulgy, and that's just a human baby. The other thing that they love, uh, everybody loves, of course, about a French bulldog is their temperament. They are just, they're real little clowns. Honestly, they will muck around, play with anyone and everyone. Beautiful nature dogs with people. Just lovely. Great with kids, too. And um, his other dog is a, is a poodle terrier mix. Now, is that reasonably common, poodle terrier? Yeah, I mean, it's it's mixed breeds of all sorts, especially with mixed poodles these days because everyone wants to buy something that has the word oodle in it for some reason. So why has that become so... Why have they become so fashionable? Oh. And why are poodles so so good to breed with, I guess, to crossbreed with? Yeah, well, poodles themselves are a great breed and we're going to talk about them in the future. And uh, people have tried... The initial experiment was done when they tried to cross a poodle and a Labrador to get the Labradoodle. And they're doing that to try and get dogs that didn't shed coat, would have the work ethics of a Labrador and maybe the intelligence of both because they're both very intelligent. But it didn't really work because once you start crossing breeds like this, anything can happen. You may get any type of uh, temperament. And that did happen. Some of them were good, some of them were bad. Uh, some of them shed coats, some of them didn't. There was no consistency, unfortunately, uh, in the cross poodle breeds. Okay, so we've bought our dog, our puppy, if we've gone down that route. Um, of course, every dog these days does need to be microchipped. Mm -hmm. Can you just explain in, in simple terms? what a microchip is, yeah, sure. how it's inserted, and, and what exactly does it do? It's only a little... It, it literally is a tiny little chip, about the size of a rice grain. That's about all. Maybe a little bit bigger and depends on the manufacturers. And all it does, it stores a number. And all the microchips in the world have a different number. So it's just put in with like a needle, just like giving a a needle to a dog, a vaccination. The only thing is it's a bit of a bigger bore needle because the microchip has to go under the skin. So the needle goes under the skin that's got the microchip in the bore. The plunger goes in, the microchip lands under the skin, the needle comes out, and that's it. And that number belongs to that dog for the rest of the dog's life. That's registered then on the register, hopefully, in a particular state or even the particular register for the whole country. If ever your dog gets lost uh, and gets picked up by someone, especially a shelter, they'll scan, they'll find the number, they will ring up the register, they'll get your name and, and contact details, and they'll be able to get the dog back to you straight away.
on to our celebrity guest of the week, Nicole Livingston. She's represented Australian swimming at the highest level, having competed in three Summer Olympics, and she's got the medals to prove it. But these days, she's a sports presenter, and she's currently responsible for managing the AFL women's competition. But dogs have always been a big part of her life. Rob caught up with her a couple of days ago. Your dogs, you've got how many at the moment? Um, I have two dogs. They're um, yep. half uh, brother-sister, um, same mum, uh, different dads, and they're Aussie Bulldogs. This is actually the third Aussie Bulldog um, that we've had. And after growing up as a kid, we had German Shepherds, and then I had uh, my first dog as a, an adult was a Rottweiler. Um, had a Kelpie before, and um, yeah, now just besotted by Aussie Bulldogs. They're just uh, wonderful dogs. <laughs> so dogs have been so much part of your life. Uh, and the other part of your life, we all know, is swimming. Mm. I mean, going up and down the pool, you did look at the black line when you were doing freestyle. I guess you just looked at the ceiling when you are doing your, your, your famous backstroke. <laughs> yeah. And hours and hours, what, did, you came home to the dogs, I guess. Did that help? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And as a child, it was a German Shepherd. So, um, you know, I used to um, catnap. Probably wrong, wrong uh, turn of phrase for this uh, story. Given it was dogs, but they used to have daytime, daytime dog sleeps. Nuts. Yeah, dog naps, daytime sleeps as often as I could because, um, you know, I was getting up at four thirty in the morning uh, yeah. and training twice a day. Sometimes, you know, throwing in uh, dry land exercise as well. So it was about thirty hours a week. So often I would jump back into bed and always with a dog with me. Um, so, and in fact, as a child, um, I fell asleep. I set my um, bed up in the lounge room and uh, had mum and dad's old TV going and um, our German Shepherd Kelly was asleep in there with me and the, the TV actually caught fire and oh, I was God. dead asleep and she actually woke me up um, and yeah, the mum and dad Saved obviously your were, life. Yeah, and mum and dad were able to uh, to put it out but um, yeah, yeah if, if it wasn't for her waking me up in that closed room with their, the lounge room TV on, I would have been toast. We were actually, my husband and I were talking about it the other day, and um, we are definitely um, dog people, and, and we wouldn't um, consider a time where we didn't have a dog in our life. So they're, they're just um, so joyful for us. They're also a bit mischievous as well, but um, certainly joyful. <laughs> when you were swimming, were they a comfort to you while you were in the pool, looking at that black line going up and down? Yeah, de definitely, definitely um, a distraction because sport yeah. can sometimes be all-consuming uh, and certainly, um, you know, be quite stressful. So to be able to have, um, as a kid and um, as a young person, having animals around me, that was that was always really important. What are your dog's names? Um, so we have uh, JJ, and the story behind JJ is uh, the bulldog, the Aussie bulldog that we had that is no longer with us. His name was Jose. Uh, and when we got a new dog, um, the, our smallest child wanted to call the new dog Jose Junior, and we didn't think that was quite fair. So she became JJ. Um, very so good. JJ's just over two years old, um, and then her half brother is Wilson. So um, yeah, so our family's also a baseball family. So. Um, Jose was named after a New York Mets player, Jose Reyes. And then when we're thinking about Wilson's name, um, the gloves and a lot of the uh, equipment in baseball and the, the ball itself, they're Wilson. So we w thought Wilson was an appropriate name. 
because they're, I mean, they've only been together 12 months and it's been a really interesting process um, introducing two dogs together, particularly when one's already a year old and established territory in the house. Yes. So they, you know, they didn't get on that well for the first while and I, I think we were really quite concerned that it would be an ongoing problem but um, they seem to have found their groove and uh, Wilson will be a bigger dog than JJ so just the difference in being a boy and I think his dad was slightly bigger as well. Um, yep. But um, they seem to have found their groove. Um, the girl dog, JJ, is very cunning. She's very, um, she's got a high level of emotional intelligence as well and reads the room very well. Uh, but she's also very tolerant of him. And he's just as dumb as. He's a big, he, we, finally, <laughs> we finally got a bulldog that's just that, uh, Aussie bulldog that's just that big classic buff head of a bulldog. Um, um, so yeah. what are they, what are they? Eating at the moment. What are you feeding these dogs? Yeah, so we're um, we're uh, feeding them a mix actually that the yep. the breeder recommended, which is a bit of a pain in the butt to be honest to have to keep uh, preparing. And now we've got two dogs that probably only last probably four days but they only get fed once a day we feed them in the yes, morning um, so it's a mix of um, it's got yukult in there it's got yog uh, greek yogurt in there it's got um, sardines it's got raw egg now i'll pause there hopefully that's okay raw egg um, there's more to tell you in a minute i'll, I'll wait for yep, you to finish <laughs> yeah so it's got um, raw mints in there as well and then it's got a dry kibble in there okay now it's let me tell you together. let me tell you all this firstly your cult and all those things, they're good for humans, but dogs have different bacteria in their gut than we do, and they have a much shorter gut. And there's a good paper in, uh, about probiotics that's saying probiotics may not be what we think they are. They may not be as good. How can you get a probiotic that crosses all the species? All species yeah, have true. different bacteria. So you can slowly start decreasing the occult and everything yeah, else. Okay. Um, and truly... Uh, I feed my dogs just a good quality dry food with a little bit of minced meat, if you like, or a, yep. um, or a bit of sardines or, or tuna or whatever fish you like. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing I wouldn't do is give an egg every day uh, yeah, because right. you may be overdoing the thiaminase. Thiaminase is found in egg whites. And okay. an, an egg a week is not going to worry them. An egg a day might be getting too much thiaminase. Yeah, and then they'll, it's thiaminase deep attacks thiamine, so they end up with you know, no thiamine in the body. Thiamine, as you know, is a big group, very important big group. Yeah. Vitamin, so. What about pig's ears and cow's yeah, ears, though? Same, same deal, same deal. If yeah, right. those, the, the only thing I do find with any dogs, if you're giving them bones, I don't care how friendly they are towards each other, keep mm. them separate. One in the yeah. garage, one in the laundry or something like that, somewhere where they can't dig and bury the bone. And when yeah. you, know, you leave it with, with them for an hour or so, if they haven't finished it, take it away and throw it away. That's fine. You, you give bones more for cleaning their teeth. Yes. Thank you very much for coming on the Doggy Pod and talking to us. Thanks very much for having me, Rob. Okay, that's just about the end of our show this week. I know you've all been wondering about the answer to the question uh, at the top of the show. In a normal adult dog, how many teeth do they have? Is it A, 24, B, 16, C, 42, or D, 32. Dr. Rob, how's you your, have the answer. Well, how's your mathematics? You've got uh, six incisors, top and bottom, uh, two canines, top and bottom, then you've got four premolars, top and bottom, and then uh, three molars uh, at the back and two, so it's 42 teeth altogether. 42. That is a lot of teeth. Yeah, you certainly know about it when uh, <laughs> if a dog grabs you, it shouldn't. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, thank you very much, Dr. Rob. Now, um, next week, 
on the doggy pod. We're going to be talking about food allergies. We're going to be talking about what's the right weight for your dog. Oh boy, that's a beauty. What's yeah. the right weight for your dog? We're going to be talking. Listen in, people, because we're going to get this correct once and for all. Yes, I know you've got some very strong views on that. We're going to yep. be talking about um, dogs in the park playing up, and and one thing we're going to have a chat about is uh, dogs licking our faces. Is is that just the equivalent of a big sloppy kiss, or is there much more to it? Um, anyway, that's it for us. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Please subscribe if you like the doggy pod. We've got uh, a lot more fun coming up and a lot more information coming up in the following week. So um, we'll speak to you soon. We'll see you around. See you guys. All the best. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.